Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca, from homeschoolon.com. I'm a homeschool parent of five young children, and today's episode, after a little bit of a break for convention and speaking, is going to be a hodgepodge because I asked on my Facebook page, what do you guys want me to podcast about? And I have so many different things. Some of them I've addressed before, so I thought, you know what? We're just going to do it kind of question and answer style, and my husband has graciously offered to join us. So Jonathan, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself as a homeschool dad. Hi, I'm a police officer and um, yeah, yeah, I'm a dad of, uh... <laughs> sorry, what kind of introduction do you want? This is so embarrassing. This is a notification for everybody why you have to teach your husband what podcasting is before you have him join. Anyways, okay, we're just gonna get started. Find coffee, find tea, find a quiet corner, and let's talk about homeschooling from the perspective of a mom and a dad who is really highly involved in our homeschool, aren't you, babe? Highly involved, absolutely I am, when I can. Right. When it's convenient. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. Okay. Because I work hard. Yeah. As a police officer. Are you saying I don't work hard? I'm saying you work very hard. Um, I'm saying I work hard too because of stress. I, I mean, I need to de-stress. So I need... <laughs> when do I de-stress? When do I de-stress? Okay, we're de- we're, Lots we're... of times, apparently. Apparently you buy breakfasts. I don't I'm... buy... Actually, <sighs> I bought a breakfast today. I don't buy breakfast. Okay. Sometimes I do. Yeah, I know. It's my coping mechanism. I wish I could have a job and buy breakfast and visit with adults. You can have a breakfast, but I pay for it. I visit with an 11-year-old. That's my visiting. Okay. Didn't somebody come over yesterday in the morning? No. Well, yes. Okay. We're not talking about that. Okay. So let's get started. And uh, and I'm going to start off with some of the questions that we have. So hopefully you're ready. You guys may want paper and pen for this. Let's go. All right. So we're going to start off with the first comment I see here, which is from John Spooner. Is that you? Who is that? No, yeah. that's a John Spooner. Okay. It's a really goofy profile picture. Actually, it's quite okay. embarrassing. It's a very interesting subject. Staying on your husband's budget what is your budget we've never talked about this again john spooner i would like to answer your very interesting question yes i mean my budget i mean we have a budget together what is our budget together it's we don't rule. talk about budget it's a rule so our rule is if you have to spend a certain amount we have to have a consultation i've broken that rule many times as have you <laughs> yeah she bought a coffee maker a german coffee maker i found it it, I first I thought it was a you found sculpture. it set up because <laughs> it was massive and beautiful, and where's the so old beautiful. coffee maker, and thus expensive. Yeah, yeah, and and really just a fantastic purchase. And the coffee grinder, by the way, where did that come from? What the kids broke. Okay, what what is your budget then? What is your homeschool budget? What do you think is a realistic oh, amount for me to budget. spend per child? Yeah, of course. This is we're talking about homeschooling. You Ten do bucks. know what. Ten dollars. Well, I mean, like, you know, like if it goes past ten bucks, I mean, like, we need to talk. No, okay, well, about hundred bucks. Okay, so you know, I'm going to homeschool convention. You're not gonna buy anything, are you? With a car, where I can buy things. Mm, that's 
the awkward silence. We're gonna have to edit that one out. Edit that. <laughs> yeah. Let's con- move on. We need a private conversation. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, homeschooling a wide variety of grades and or homeschooling through high school. Okay, so that's Cindy. So as far as homeschooling through high school, the only experience I have, because my kids, the oldest, is now just kind of entering middle school age range. So I don't have personal experience as someone who has homeschooled their children. However, I was homeschooled myself for all the way up till about grade 11. So I can tell you from a teenager being homeschooled that, you know, there's... I I think that as your kids get older, you need to give them more freedom. You need to give them more independence and you need to have them more involved in the process, in the planning, in the curriculum, find things that excite them and let them take more ownership so that they have that, that sense of responsibility. And it's not just something they're told to do because all teenagers are going to rebel against that in my personal opinion. Um, as far as homeschooling a wide variety of grades, Jonathan, why don't you chime in on that and tell us what you think about homeschooling a wide variety of grades, which just in case you were not aware. What do you mean by wide variety of grades? Like teach them all kinds of grades at the same time? Yes. In case you weren't aware. Cool. That is what we do. Oh, I, I, oh, okay. (laughs) Because we have children in, in kindergarten all the way up to grade six. Oh, I thought you meant like, like one kid taught a variety of grades oh no 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 teaching a wide variety of grades at the same time good luck (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness no no no. i'm just yeah i mean um the discussion i mean uh (laughs) space crickets 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 (laughs) (laughs) a bit of coughing in the background (laughs) okay but when you look at me you see me homeschooling a wide variety of grades it's crazy but fascinating. It's like an orchestra. You're seeing the trombones over there, the strings over there. Um, sounds beautiful, chaotic. It's not always beautiful. Yeah, it's not always beautiful. No. The screaming. No. The... That doesn't ever happen. <laughs> that doesn't ever happen. No. 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 It's, it's melodic. Okay, it's, har- it's harmonious. Melodic. Um, basically as far as what my tips for homeschooling a wide variety of grades, what I'll do you guys is I'm, you're going to want to go and check out the blog post for this one. Go to homeschoolon.com, hit podcast, find this episode. It's going to be something. I don't even know the title yet. I'm going to figure that out when I'm done, but it's going to be something Q and a, um, because I will post a whole bunch of my resources on this. I have written and done blog posts and videos all about homeschooling a wide variety of grades and and really practical tips. So go and check that out. But I can tell you finding support, finding a community of people because it is messy. It is challenging. Having your older ones help with the younger ones, finding curriculum that's going to work with your family dynamics that is not so teacher intensive that you don't have the time to sustain that. If you're if you're looking for curriculum times five kids that you have to spend an hour on for math and an hour on for language arts and it, like you will not finish school until 9 p.m. So you need to be more realistic and find curriculum that's actually going to work for you, not that you are working for. So just some top things off the top of my head, but all of my best resources I will put in the uh, blog post and I will actually say Cindy's question, homeschooling a wide variety of grades and post the answer. So anyone that's curious about that, come and check it out. I like the fact that, you know, like, yeah, getting kids to teach the smaller ones, even if, though it's maybe not always correct, it's it keeps them, um, the ownership part, own it and drive it, own it and drive it, which means, yeah, give the ownership, give delegation, and then drive it, drive it, 
you know, like, yay, good, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, yeah, that's sort of my recommendations, and from what I can see, just own it and drive it. It's awesome. It's like cattle or something. Which <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Best books you've done as read-alouds. Your kids' favorite chapter books or selfies or series. So my son is really liking what's that one he's reading right now. Wind in the door. What's that? Wrinkle in time. Wrinkle in time. Caleb likes Wrinkle in time. Um, he has read. He loved White Fang. He loves anything specifically something like dogs, animals. He really, really loves those ones. His first book he fell in love with and cried was Butterfly Lion, um, and he has read. He has read Old Yeller. And he's read Where the Red Fern Grows. He really, really connects with those books and then asks us to buy him more dogs. It's really important I, I, to introduce your kids to oh, sorry, a lot of variety of different genres. And then then it'll just be like that key that will just unlock. Because I found that for myself. Like I think for many, you'll just find a genre like you just really like um, with Christian books or any of other books. And when we went to the curriculum, I was so surprised at the amount of Christian, like, fantasy books. And fantasy might freak out a lot of Christians, but, like, there are ones that are purposeful. They don't don't have any magic, no sorcery, no, like, stuff. But it, it was, you know, but they're, they're set in a medieval time or a different type of world. or and um, And they're really good. There are a lot of them, like... A lot of them, and they equate them. There's biblical references in there, and there's a huge drive to that, that, or a, a huge genre. And that might be, you know, if they're interested in knights and, you know, the chivalry thing and dragons. Um, I don't know. I, I, it may not be your cup of tea, but if it engages your kids in imagination and, um, I mean, again, it's, fantasy for me was I, I was interested in certain fantasy books right you know dragons and swords and and horses and medieval times but um and then there's some people not interested in that at all like other types of fiction like for me fiction i love fiction i really am not a fan of preachy books i mean there's some of them are okay but like for me i love a good epic novel like big huge books building a big story and i think um i don't know and every kid is different i mean our daughter that doesn't appeal to her at all she wants to read about horses and unicorns prancing through the fields and so they're all different it's finding the one that makes them come alive makes them excited about reading and so i do give my kids a lot of freedom and we do invest quite a bit of money in just trial and error and and if they fall in love with a book in a series then we will buy them the series and that's kind of always been our thing um so as far as series that's just kind of a rough start i can post some of my favorites i'll do that as well on the blog and as far as books we've done as read alouds we loved loved the one and only ivan we are loving pippi longstocking um those have been some of our favorites so far but I can't even think off the top of my head. So I will put more of my favorite read-alouds also on the blog post. So go and check that out. All right, next we have schooling through the summer. Jonathan, what do you think schooling looks like through the summer? What does schooling actually look for us through the summer? Um, it, easy, easy going. It's almost like you just, we didn't, you know, you just didn't stop. 
because it's sort of a an easy going throughout the whole year and so we just kept on going there's no break and sometimes we have a a, a bit of a break but I think it's actually quite nice because they can you know then do nature and the the flowers are out trees and they, it's an opportunity to, to involve them in environmental studies and because um, you have so much inspiration the sun's out um, water um, ATV I think it's the best time to incorporate education because you know if you want to do this you're it's warm it's nice outside um, you know, for us up in the north, it's critical that you get out there because the, our winters are long and hard. So um, I think summertime is is I think it's a it's it's a real it's a good opportunity to do schooling because like I was in public school. I mean, you couldn't wait till the summer because you had fun, but you know the fun kind of got boring and it's like then you kind of you know near the in August you're like okay I'm kind of wait for schooling whereas schooling enhances the summer because you're infusing that learning ability and you know I don't know because you, you do all kinds of activities that you can't otherwise do in in the winter yeah I mean every year I say I'm going to school through the summer and I have grandiose plans but realistically every year we're camping and then we're doing this and then we're doing that and we're really really busy so we do a lot less than I anticipate but we still do try to infuse it and I think being realistic understanding that summer is going to be like that it's going to be crazy and chaotic and busy and and prioritizing that prioritize the the family vacation prioritize the camping trips prioritize those do take in my mind priority over school if you can incorporate learning into that then do on almost every camping trip we go on the kids bring books I make sure that they bring books and okay in the evenings we're gonna sit and and read or you can read in your bed or you know you can bring your journal and you can do some journaling and so I incorporate light schooling throughout and then when we have our weeks that we're at home then it's okay let's let's do a week of math so you can do it however you want to do it but I think just having that realistic expectation you can do a subject a day, absolutely. But I think keeping it as light as possible where it's just kind of the, okay, we're going to do this for like an hour in the morning or we're going to do it for half an hour in the morning or we're just going to do it on the weeks we're home or just making sure that you are incorporating it gently into your homeschool lifestyle rather than trying to necessarily do school at home. For some families that works really well through the summer, I would say for most that life takes over and then you feel guilty and so just get out of that cycle just be realistic I don't know that's my personal take on it um I had an interesting one here for let me see here I'm gonna find it why homeschooling Cynthia why homeschooling is better than public or private schooling the ups and downs of it that's a big question that is a really big question Homeschooling compared to public or private. I think we need to say first off that I think I think I've tried really hard to be politically correct when it comes to homeschooling and be very careful that I'm not saying that homeschooling is superior and that God calls everyone to different paths and that for some families it is public school or private school and um, and I'm not trying to tear down. I mean, I've got family members, I've got really close friends that have their kids in the school system. And so it's very hurtful to people when I say or come across that homeschooling is superior. In my heart of hearts, I really do believe that from a Christian perspective, primarily, that I can offer my children 
at home, not even from an educational perspective, which I do believe that as well, but that's so secondary to me, but I can offer my children at home what they cannot get in school. I don't care if it's a Christian school. I can give my kids my own values, my own experiences, my own heart. Um, I can work on their character one-on-one, not just in that hour I have in the evening. I feel like, I really strongly feel like I can give my kids better. I do believe that in my heart of hearts. Jonathan, what do you think? Oh, it's a big question. Um, What is your definition of better? Um, I know from a fact that uh, we have a an institute in British Columbia that ranks schools and that ranking is controversial because it's based on testing of students and that's um, it's controversial between the teachers union and and the actual ministry of, of education in British Columbia and each province handles uh, the school uh, public school and looking at their ranking every single year most of the private, just talking about private schooling, which is mostly Christian schools, but some are different, uh, are the top 20. Uh, the top 20 for math, reading, um, they're just, they, they knock it out of the park when it comes to public schools. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that includes uh, homeschooling to the point where a lot of homeschoolers, uh, I think for us we did it for this year as well, um, and they are registered with a private school, so they have a teacher that monitors and makes sure that the the um, the curriculum and whatnot uh, the the kids are meeting the what's called the provincial learning outcomes, the standards of the province. And so, and, and so in the same way, uh, you know that there's a, it's interestingly enough those standards are not being met in the own public schools. Because there's some indifference between the the the, um, the public uh, the, the the teachers union and the ministry, and so there's this huge sort of bit of, a bit of ter- turmoil and a bit of dysfunction. But long story short, you're in control of your homeschooling. Uh, your kids are at home. I believe uh, you're spending way more time, meaningful time with them, and. There are things going in public school. I mean, even if you're not religious or not a Christian, there are a lot of secular people who are not happy with the public school system um, because of the curriculum that is chosen, um, the size of the classrooms, um, and teachers are being overworked, and or and standards. There's a lot of dysfunction that's happening in private schools, and a lot of uh, or sorry, public schools, and and there's the public is unhappy and. Uh, and it's going to be always that way. I feel because you know, it, you know, we are growing, and lots of people have different ideas, and we are uh, there's different cultures involved, and different religions, and um, but it is your child, and if you um, you do it, but I was raised in, in the public school system. Uh, some I had good experiences. I had a lot of bad experiences, and I could have, and I can see that uh, I if I would have benefited, but it was just impossible. My mom. As a single mom, and just didn't work out, and so you 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 do what you what you have to do, what you can do, and um, no one should judge you uh, if you can't do it or what you're doing. You're doing the best that you can. For us, um, it is a sacrifice. Um, Rebecca could have done a lot of other things, went to university, wrote books, and <laughs> got another job, but um, this is a sacrifice. And so it, it, it depends on what your definition of better. 
Um, and there's a lot of public schools out there that are wonderful. And, and mm-hmm. so don't, uh, there are some wonderful teachers out there, wonderful um, principals that have a good work ethic. So don't get me wrong, there are some really good teachers out there doing a great job. Um, and so you got to shop around. And some people don't have a choice. You can't shop around because you're in some kind of district and catch them. So it's, uh, it's a tough call. Um, so, but I believe, I mean, hands down, homeschooling is better. It's more efficient. Um, I remember as just busing, I had to travel like hours just to go to school, hours to get back. And people and kids that lived closer to the schools, they, they were able to do their homework in the library after school and got to do extracurricular activities. I couldn't. So it depends on where you are. Um, there's a lot of variables, but um, uh, I think efficiency wise, uh, homeschooling is a lot faster. And the numbers don't lie. Numbers, uh, I think homeschoolers excel better, better grades. Um, and you can tailor um, wonderful uh, curriculums and learning all kinds of stuff to your child, which, um, you know, in public school, you're sort of painted with the same brush, so to speak. Again, differences in countries and provinces and, and whatnot. So big question. Yeah. Big question. And I mean, it does really come down to at the end of the day, if you are a Christian, I think that that identifying what God has for you, because I think that, I mean, even in my own experience, I had multiple different times my mom put us in school for a year. And it was because she was either pregnant or because something was going on in her life or she was, you know, not feeling like she could handle it. And I think we did just fine. And so understanding that seasons come and go, things change and and yes, in a homeschool environment, you can you can tailor it to your kids. No one is going to love your kids like you. No yeah. one is going to give a, a, a crap about them, really. Like really, really, really. I mean, and there are, like Jonathan said, there are a lot of teachers that really deeply love, but they cannot understand your child to the extent that you can. There is nobody more qualified to teach your child than you because nobody cares as much. No one cares as much as you do about your child. So for those of you, that was another question that came up. When you feel underqualified, when you feel insecure about your ability to homeschool your child, listen, if you're teaching your child, you know, basics of multiplication and addition, anyone can do that. You know how many times I have no idea what my son's math is talking about and I have to go back and read and, but I can do that. I can go back and read. Homeschool curriculum is, is, is taught to the parent and, and make sure that you can find and follow what you're teaching to your child. That's not the problem. What, what makes it unique, what makes you so equipped to teach your child is that you are their parent, that you know them, that you love them, and that you have that, you have a vested interest in their life and in their education. And so I think that that's a really powerful component of, of homeschooling and being aware that, that when those seasons come, if those seasons come in your life, when you need to put your kids in school, one of the things that really spoke to me at this most recent homeschool convention was, was the idea of, of your your relationship with your kids if you are going insane as someone out there I feel like needs to hear this but if you are going insane if you are crying every day if you are sinking into deeper and deeper depression if you are unhappy and feel like a failure and you feel like 
but that you should do this because this is the best. And so you keep kind of going in this cycle and you're yelling at your kids every day or you're crying every day or you're hiding in the bathroom. Like, like when you get in those kind of cycles and those kind of negative cyclical things, sometimes you need to take a break and your kids are going to be fine. In fact, they're going to probably be better off when they're removed from that situation where you can focus on your health, where you can focus on, on, on whatever your, your hormones, or if you're pregnant and having a baby and, and just to be removed from that and come back in, not to take it personally. I mean, your kids are going to be fine. So identifying that sometimes there's seasons like that. And sometimes there's seasons where you're not failing if you take a little break and your kids are very, very resilient. So I think that I, I just, I wanted to touch on like for when I first, when somebody told me homeschooling, the first thing images I pop in the mind, I think of like the, you know, those, those people that, what are those people that kind of wear like Amish clothing? Mm-hmm. You know, you get that image of backwards people that, you know, don't conform to society, not very advanced, um, you know, very old school, um, traditional conservative. And that is so far wrong like just is absolutely wrong because homeschooling is the one most dynamic, adaptable, flexible, empowering um, educational tool and framework that you can. Because one advantage of, uh, there's many advantages, but what I find is, is flexibility. And, and as you said, like tailoring to your particular uh, if this, that cur- curriculum doesn't work or that method doesn't work, you have resources. You can it, you can change it on the go. Flexibility is key. And the issue is 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 when I tell people about homeschooling, it's, it's wrapping their heads around like I, I you know like well, what do you teach them? You know you run on a chalkboard, tablets. No, no, actually they they have got iPads. They got computers. Really, yeah. You know in public school system, I find you, you have a system where. You go through tremendous approval of a curriculum. Uh, not everybody agrees with this curriculum. Sometimes it's the lowest bidder for that curriculum. You know, the qualifications of the teachers are in question. You have a union that you got to deal with. It's political. Um, it's divisive. Slow to change. Some schools are different, and private schools have a little bit more of ability. But you know, you have a you have a larger government governing a ministry governing all schools. I mean, yeah, districts have have their own, but it, it just you just this impression of it's slow to change, and you know you, you go through committees, and whereas homeschooling can can change can really quickly according to the, the parent, and there's a lot more feedback, and hey, this kid's not working, and so it's dynamic, and it's it's um, it's a vibrant uh, thing, uh, not a backwards thing. Uh, we're, I mean, that's what's great. Get yourself informed. Get an understanding because homeschooling can, is a whole world out there that can just, you know, better your kid, better your child, and because your child is unique and, um, and maybe he or she requires a unique tool or an itch, or a unique key to unlock the potential of their of their mind and their abilities and skills. And um, some schools, the, the people thrive in public schools, um, but I think more people will thrive in homeschooling. And uh, it does take a dedicated parent and um, a lot of flexibility 
routine is what you strive for, but really you need to change according to what feedback you get from your child. And so I like that dynamic kind of um, adaptability to it. To me, that is more advanced, way more advanced than um, the, the system that is, uh, we now know it as the public school system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. So we'll do one more question and then we'll wrap it up because this is already quite a bit longer than most of my other ones. (laughs) Okay, so there is, um, I would say, probably quite a a few comments of of people wondering how to juggle when you've got little ones, when you've got young kids, when you're either pregnant or you've got babies or you've got toddlers Mm -hmm. and how to homeschool in that. And I can tell you actually like right now where I am today, It's that's such a distant, distant memory. And it wasn't that it was even that long ago, but it just, it's like you just kind of, you just kind of get through it and then it's all of a sudden different. I feel like homeschooling is constantly like that. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, first off. Keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. It'll get better. It, It will get better. I think the second thing is that when we're talking, we're talking a lot about the unique um, advantage with homeschooling of being able to tailor to your child to unlock their mind, their potential with this one-on-one customized education, which is absolutely true and one of the primary benefits, I think, of homeschooling. However, when you are dealing with a large family, when you are dealing with a very broad Um, age ranges, when you are kind of stuck in the baby toddler pregnancy stage and trying to do school with your six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old at the same time. I feel like in that season of your life, you need a bit of a shift in perspective because the ability to look at each individual child and custom tailor education to them, maybe in this season is different. And instead, you need to think of your entire family as a whole where you can say, okay, I'm not going to try to leave out my two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old so I can focus on my six-year-old and their education. Instead, I'm going to say, what does education look like, first of all, to me? What is my value of education? And how can I teach this as a family, as a unit, as a whole of this experience and lifestyle of learning rather than trying to to just custom tailor and make it one-on-one and very individual or compartmentalized with each child? When you are dealing with a large family, even in different seasons of our lives, I know what each of my kids' learning styles is. And, and you know, go to my blog post. I will give you more resources for this. I have a free learning style quiz and all that stuff. So, so go check that out. But I also know that even now... I have to I have to constantly be aware of okay I know you're kinesthetic and you're visual but but I cannot teach five kids five subjects. I don't have enough time for 25 hours per day of just home education for each subject, each child, each grade. There's no possible way for that to happen. So for me, I have to look at both them, but I also have to adapt. And I also have to look at my own lifestyle, our family lifestyle, the dynamics of my husband's shift work. All of these things play in where we have to now say, okay, I understand how you are, but now what does our family unit look like? And now how can we all give and take a little bit and compromise to create something that's going to work for our family unit? And so it's different. And and in that, there is no answer. I can't sit down and give you this answer of exactly what it will look like or what it will it will be for you but but taking that time to really understand what sets your family apart and your own family rhythm and routine and schedules and and how can you how can you teach your kids with all their individual personalities and learning styles and yet do it in this way that's not 
leaving, include your two-year-old, include your three-year-old. How can you do that? What would that look like if, if you were teaching as a family rather than trying to divide everybody and conquer? So it's not necessarily an answer, but I hope that it's encouragement and I hope that it maybe gives us a different perspective to look at when we're considering, you know, what do we, how do we occupy our two-year-old or our three-year-olds instead of maybe looking at that way. Okay, let's just give them Play-Doh and create. And I do, I, I have those tips and I'll give them to you, but you know, have different, um, you know, bins that have activities and toys that they get and you switch out and alternate and those things help. But but really what we're doing is trying to pacify and to, you know, keep this child quiet so we can really focus on the child that should be getting educated because they are of educated age. And I just think that that, that model can change. I think that that model can shift and our perspective can shift to instead, I want to teach all of my kids together, even the two-year-old. What does that look like? There's, when you're, when you're talking about um, tailored, if if you haven't got, I don't know, almost, I'm, I guess I'm talking to mostly ladies here but for me i when i when i joined the rcmp um you go through this warehouse when they're trying to suit you for your uniforms your boots your shirts your uniforms your pants and there's all kinds of pants and so you go through this warehouse and they give you these you know your medium your large your extra large and your neck size or whatever and you put it on you're kind of like hmm, okay that that kind of fits because you know i'm extra large and okay that kind of fits and it's fine it's it's fine but then, after it's all done, then they tailor your your shirt and your pants. I've never had that done before. And it feels actually quite really good. And you don't really notice until you until they, they do their measurements, and they tuck here and there, they put little pins in there, and then you wait a little bit of time, and then you, you get called into the warehouse again, and they give you your shirts, and you try one on, and it's like, I've never had that before. It's like... It just it's 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 a this is this looks good like I've never had it and so when you say that tailor like you know it's like when you're tailoring the the curriculum or the a bunch of curriculums or conjoining them and to your child it's just better you are literally tailoring taking all the variables into consideration their learning style your learning style um, what they're interested in and uh, uh, you know, if you tailoring is a big word. Um, if you haven't experienced it, I guess you know, in a wedding dress, it's tailored. But um, it's 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 that's exactly I think what. Can you speak to that? I guess. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that it's it's it's. I mean, we think of it and we think of the process of tailoring. We think of as parents, when we're tailoring their education, we are custom creating something that's going to fit our child. But I think we forget about the other side of it, the why behind it. And what Jonathan is saying when he's talking about it, that feeling of like, this is mine. They can take ownership of it because it's theirs. It was made for them. They feel that confidence, that 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 ownership, that responsibility of this is me. This is mine. And they yeah. can walk forward. So there's something really unique and special about that. And I yeah. think inside even the family unit, tying that into even what we were talking about before, our kids learn that both what, what it means to have something that's tailored, they also learn empathy and being able to understand what's tailored to another child and how to how to even even accept what maybe is not tailored for them for the sake of somebody else i think that when we're talking about preparing our kids for the real world 
that both this, this, this tenuous balance between I want to tailor education for my kids. When you have a large family, you can't tailor it for all your kids. It's not, it's, so you have to tailor some things and then your kids are going to have to adapt for what you've tailored for this child because they need that for math. And then your kids are going to have to adapt for what you've tailored for that situation. And, and they learn this adaptation. They learn this flexibility. They learn empathy. They learn and have to um, grow into learning styles that aren't their natural strength, which is only going to better equip them for university, for, for higher education, or for jobs or different things that they're going to be dealing with in their life outside of it. So it's this balance between there is power in tailoring our kids education and we have this such this unique yeah. opportunity yeah i think public school system is like yeah you 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 get the extra large you get the medium and yeah it fits it works i think a private school or a homeschooling it's a it's, it's a tailored suit a tailored dress and if anybody hasn't had a tailored suit or dress or shirt um just you know just you know, bless yourself and try it. It is nothing like it. No one else has that shirt. It fits you just unless you gain weight and then there's another story. But <laughs> like go along that analogy, um, it, sometimes uh, you move on and you're going to have to tailor another suit for your child because you're moving on to social sciences and this and that. It's a lot more work if you feel because oh, it seems like a public school they, they do this better, but it is a tailored made and and the, and the kids aren't oblivious. They recognize the effort that you're going to go through in trying to get a suit for you, try tailoring it just the way you like it or the way it looks. And anyway, that was an analogy to kind of threw in there because I just when you said tailor, I mean I I've never had a tailored anything, um, but when you have it done, if you had a suit done, I think I had one done in the Philippines and it was cheap enough and it was it felt wonderful. It felt that it was yours. And that's where you're talking about education, having that ownership. This is this is mine. This education is unlike any other education. It could be a curriculum or combination of curriculums, or the way the curriculum is presented, or and, um, and or topics or topics. Letting them letting them yeah. learn, but within topics they're interested in. Yeah, and it could be quick, or they they like the drive. They like what, when you're pushing them. They like it when you because sometimes when I take over, they're like you know I include like other things and the differences but anyway that's my food for food for thought all right guys so we're gonna wrap it up if you have other questions which i know there's so many that we didn't get to i'm gonna try to incorporate these into some future podcast episodes i go live every monday hopefully i'm gonna be speaking almost every second week in the next little while so there may be some weeks you won't see me but i am really trying to commit to doing this because it does seem to be um, something we heard a lot that people want to hear. So I'm working on it, but come on over to the blog homeschoolon.com. If you hit the podcast tab in my menu, I will put a whole bunch of resources, answer a bunch more of these questions. And one of the things I want to do as well is, is put some of my top recommendations for homeschool resource books, books that have been so influential in, in helping me identify what, what I value in education and what homeschooling looks like and in helping us come up with a routine or custom tailoring our education to our child. And so I want to give you some of my top resources, some of the books that have shaped our homeschool. And so if you would like to hear those, those will also be there. So I'm just going to make it just a wealth of information. I'm just going to 
totally fill it with links and you can go there for, for more if you want more on any of these topics that we've talked about today. So I so appreciate you guys tuning in. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe, give me a rating. I would love that's what helps it get out there and helps other people hear about it. And otherwise, I hope you have an amazing homeschool week and keep calm and homeschool on.